Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 293 of the Ask the Coach Show, where Ping Skills helps you improve your table tennis. Today on the show, we'll answer your questions about deciding who serves first in a match, leaning when playing a topspin, returning to the ready position, and whether online coaching really helps. Plus, we'll have the usual tip of the week and drill of the week. I'm Jeff Plum. And as always, I'm joined by Super Coach Alois Rosario. Welcome, Alois. Thank you, Jeffrey. And uh, had a bit of a break for a month or so since our last show. Uh, what have you been up to, Jeff? Well, I have been travelling the world, Alois. Well, uh, um, some of Asia anyway. We went to China on a holiday and Japan as well. So, uh, yeah, fabulous experience. Excellent. Sounds uh, sounds. Like uh, fun? Did you get any table tennis in while you were there? Um, not much table tennis. Uh, we went to um, a little place where they taught us how to draw goldfish and they did have a table tennis table uh, there that we had a quick hit on, but that was about it. Okay. <laughs> but Sounds man, were the goldfish key. pretty impressive that we drew? Uh, I bet. Maybe you can do a uh, little video on that one day, Jeff. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think they're going to be worth a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Indeed, yeah, no, but yeah, fantastic time. Yeah, visited a lot of places: uh, Shanghai, Beijing, Xi'an, uh, saw the Terracotta Warriors, and Yangshou in China. Yeah, beautiful spot in Yangshou. Lovely mountains and a river. Awesome place, and yeah, and Japan was interesting too. Yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, temples in Kyoto. Um, went to Hiroshima, saw the Atomic Bomb Museum. That was quite confronting, um, but you know, very well set up and very interesting. So, yeah, it was a great time. Excellent. Sounds good. Yeah, That explains why we've been uh, out, of, uh, out of action. It does indeed. Um, yeah, but um, we are back. And, Alois, you've got the, we've got the big segment lined up first on this week. Tell us what's, what's the news. Yes, well, uh, on this week, the, uh, the highlight, as usual, is... Um, is Koki Niwa's birthday was on the 10th, so just a couple of days ago. Koki Niwa, uh, Japanese left-hander, uh, very exciting player. Um, so Koki Niwa just, uh, he was born in 94. How, how old does that make him, Jeff? Um, well, that means he just turned 23. 23, yeah. So that's pretty young, and he's done a whole lot in his uh, in his 23 years, including a silver medal at the Olympics in the teams in Rio. Um, and then also a world championship silver medal in the teams in uh, in 2016 in KL. So so uh, pretty pretty impressive and former youth Olympic Games gold medalist um, in the singles and the teams, um, and also had some good uh, success at the Asian Youth Games and um, uh, yeah, and Asian Games. So winning a lot of bronze medals there. So. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's a pretty impressive player, isn't he? He's he's, yeah. uh, he's he's not the traditional Japanese player, but he's he is the new wave of Japanese player. You know, really exciting, um, creative with their strokes, and you know, including you know some really weird, weird, wonderful backhand blocks. So uh, yeah, they're impressive, aren't they? And yeah. um, I see Alois. He's he's um, still climbing up the rankings. His highest ever ranking is his ranking now, number eight in the world. Yeah, which is which is pretty darn good at uh, just twenty three years of age. So, um, yeah, certainly one to watch out for in the in the next couple of years. Yeah. Young Koki Niwa. 
Exactly. And on the, yeah, not, not on the other end of the scale, we've got Gao Ning's birthday, which was just yesterday on the 11th. So Gao Ning um, was born in 1982, Jeff. So how old does that make him? Well, that means he just turned 35 yesterday. 35, 35. Well, there, there you go. So Gao Ning, I suppose... Um, Never really, you know, huge on the world scene. He did have he did have a, a the world ranking of number nine though in in two thousand and eight, which is a while ago. Um, but he, his current ranking is thirty four. But I suppose has been a real powerhouse in the Commonwealth um, Games. So in the Commonwealth Games, he's won three gold medals, including uh, two men's teams and a men's doubles uh, gold medal. Um, also, at the Asian Championships, won a gold medal in the doubles. Um, in 2012, so um, so yeah, he's a, a pretty impressive player. Um, you know, formerly from China, but now representing Singapore. Yep, very impressive player. Um, yeah, and 35. You know, how long can he go on for? Who knows? Um, yeah, people going on into their 40s now. Alloys, some of them. Yeah, and it, it, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, the, the game is faster and all that sort of thing. But, yeah, we, there's still quite a few players hanging around into, into their late 30s and 40s, yeah, including yeah, yeah. great Samsonov. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, indeed. All right, Alois, um, it's time for the joke of the week. Yes. And I'll, I'll just hit you with it. You ready? Sure. What did the pirate say on his 80th birthday? I don't know. I'm old. I'm matey. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, great joke. Uh, it's almost makes joke laugh. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> yeah. uh, yes. All right. Well, uh, before we ponder that joke too much, let's get into the tip of the week. Yeah. So the tip of the week this week is to review your matches. Um, so. It's um, it's interesting that you know we do play a lot of a uh, lot of matches, but often we don't necessarily get all the teachings out of it that we possibly can, you know. And so <clears throat> when you when we're talking about reviewing your match, it could be as simple as just sitting down for two minutes after you play the match, and just thinking about the match to start off with. You know, think about okay, what did I do well? What could I improve? Um, you could think tactically about what happened in the match, you know, against that particular opponent as well. So think about, oh, I played Jeff and um, and when I played to his forehand, I had better success than when I played to his backhand or, you know, this serve really worked worked well for me. So it can be as simple as that. And that only literally takes, you know, one or two minutes um, at the most. But, of course, you can go into more depth and and get a little bit more formal with your reviewing of the matches. And I suppose the next step is just to, to write things down. So just jot down some notes. I think notes are really uh, good because, you know, the next time you play that person or when you get to your training session, even in a day or two or in a week's time, often it's difficult to remember all those little teaching points that you had picked up uh, during that match or those matches, you know, it might be a, a fixtures or pennant night and you might play three or four matches. Um, you know, out of that, you will learn a lot, but if you don't um, reflect on it or spend, you know, a couple of minutes just writing them down or just recording them in your head, um, then you often miss some of the really important teachings that you can get. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, and it, like you said, it doesn't take long, and and just even a little bit of reflection, you'll be surprised at at how much you can learn from that. So, um, yeah, it really is a good idea. And of course, Alois, anyone that is a, a free member on Ping Skills can uh, just uh, click on the top right on uh, their name and go down to and choose Vault from the menu at the, at the Ping Skills website. And in there, in the Ping Skills Vault, you can create opponents and store all these kind of tactics and, you know, reflect on matches. You can you can record matches in there and stuff. So it's a great way um, to do exactly what you're talking about, Alice, writing down some notes and saving them for a later time. Yeah, and the Vault, uh, I think, is an underutilised part of um, our members' uh, membership. Um, we, we often find that, you know, play, uh, some members don't even know uh, about it. So... Have a really good look around um, in the vault. And as Jeff just explained how, how to get there, you know, click on your name in the top right-hand corner. Um, we might put a link directly to the vault perhaps, Jeff. Good idea. Um, on the show notes. So you can just click on there. Um, take, a, take a look and just see what you, can, um, what you can find in there and just the tool that you can utilize to help you with your game. Yeah, certainly. So, uh, Alois, that brings us on to the drill of the week. Yes, and that is obviously to go out there and do some review. And I want you, I want everyone this week as the drill of the week to go in and write down something in the vault. Everyone. Yeah, it has to be something. And like you said, Alice, a really good place to start is just, you know, with some really basic things. Uh, Because a lot of people might not be sure what to write or, or think it has to be, you know, some complicated tactic like... I need to serve here, then loop to here, then play to the middle and the third ball, and then out wide to the fifth ball. But it, it's really better initially to keep it much simpler than that. Yeah, exactly. Just um, just one or two very simple things. You know, it might just be, um, you know, this week I want to improve my forehand topspin, or when I'm playing my forehand topspin, I want to make sure I'm finishing, you know, up above my eyes, or just something simple like that is is great. All right. Excellent. All right. So, um, yeah, get on to the vault, people, and uh, and uh, start using it. Great, uh, great little tool for you. All right, Alois, uh, that moves us on to the tournament wrap. There's been a few tournaments while uh, we've been off the air. Yeah, there has. And um, so just recently we had the Polish Open. So it's just one of the challenge um, series tournaments. So, But I really like the challenge series um, tournaments as much as I like the the platinum series, you know, because it it brings into play uh, the next level of players. And um, in the men's singles at the Polish Open, the winner was Quadria Runa from Nigeria. You know, he's he's been thereabouts, and and um, you know he's really came to the fore quite a few years ago uh, at the men's World Cup, and then was the um, ITTF's um, Star of the Year. Um, but, um, yeah, Quadri Aruna winning 4-2 against uh, Kai Yoshida from uh, from Japan. Um, and uh, Benedict Duda made the semis, German uh, German player. And also a guy from uh, Kazakhstan, Kirill uh, Jarosimenko, uh, made the semis. So, uh, yeah, so Kazakhstan coming to the fore there. So Gerasimenko beat... Uh, um, Al, uh, Robles from uh, Spain and Robles beat Ho Kwan Kit from Hong Kong. So you know a few few upset results there to get uh, 
Jarosimenko into the into the semis. Um, Sam Walker from England made the quarters there as well with a, f- a good four three win against Levensov from Russia in the last sixteen. So so yeah, interesting tournament. Um, but uh, Quadri Aruna coming through with the goods at the Polish Open. Yeah, and brilliant to yeah. see him. Uh, yeah, notching up a win. Yeah. And in the women's, one of our favourites, Mima Ito, got over the line. Um, so 4-1 in the, in the final against Saki Shibata, uh, one of her country women. Um, so, you know, again, Japanese players uh, coming to the fore in the women's. In the semi, um, Ito beat uh, Miyu Kato um, 4-3 in a close one, 11-7 in the, in the last game. Um, and in the quarterfinal, she beat uh, Satsuki Odo, player I haven't heard of, but uh, she beat her 4-1 as well. So, I mean, these Japanese players just keep coming out of the woodworks, Jeff. Yeah, it is impressive. And, and they keep uh, supporting uh, the Pro Tour or the World Tour, yeah. uh, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, so good luck to the Japanese. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so some really good results there um, for Japan. Um and uh, and for Quadria Runa in, yes. the, in the Polish Open. Excellent. All right. And then, uh, yeah, we've got some exciting tournaments coming up, Alloys. Yeah, the, the um, Men's and Women's World Cups um, are on shortly. So the Men's World Cup um, is on the 20th to the 22nd of October in Liege in Belgium. And that's followed by the Women's World Cup in Markham in Canada. Um, so... The, with the World Cups, you know, the 20 players um, uh, qualify. So you can qualify through your uh, region, th- through um, through your continent, and then also, you know, the, the world champion uh, gets an automatic berth and then goes on world ranking. So so it's pretty high-quality player, players there. And um, uh, it, it's, a, it's a tough tournament to win. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Um, and Alois, you were actually uh, at the qualifying for the Oceania region for this tournament, I believe. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so the Oceania, um, uh, Oceania Cup um, is the qualification for the for the World Cup. So uh, Jan Fang Lei from Australia qualified there in the women's, and um, and David Powell in the men's. So, so um, yeah. So I mean, you you get. You get the continental winners, and often they're you know this is a really good opportunity for them to just compete against those top few players in the world as well. Yeah, so yeah, it it is, isn't it? So it's uh, yeah, good opportunity for some of those continents. Yeah, so um, it looks like they have the uh, African Cup, the Asian Cup, the Europe Cup, the Oceania Cup, and the Pan Am Cup. Yeah, that's right. And so the current world champion qualifies automatically, and then there's 17 additional players um, qualified through the Continental Cups or equivalent type of tournaments. So, yeah. Cool. And then uh, so they've got the the uh, Men's World Cup, and then they also have the Women's World Cup. That's right. So, yeah, they're completely separate events. So, yeah, the men's in Belgium and the women's in um, in Canada. Yeah, so often on, like, you watch the tennis and they have separate leagues. They have the uh, the men's tour and the women's tour and they sort of come together for the Grand Slams. In table tennis, uh, they're generally together, but here, here they're separate for the for the World Cup. Yeah, and I think it's a good idea. It just um, showcases the women's um, uh, players a little bit more. They tend to get, you know, um, overpowered or over... 
overrun by the coverage of the men's. So I think this uh, this is a good way for the women's um, players to just get their day in the sun as well. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they're in uh, Markham, Canada, 27th of October, the 29th of October. So uh, we'll keep you updated uh, with with those, in, those interesting tournaments. Coming up. That's right. All right. Okay, that brings us on to the questions, Alloys. Excellent. All right, we've got some good ones today. First up is one from Amar. He wants to know about the start of a match. He goes, before the start of a game in a tournament, one player bows down and lowers his hands below the table, waiting for the reply from his opponent before he stands up. And he's wondering, what are they doing here, Alois? Ah, yes. So, I mean, what that is, is is just a way of deciding... um, the toss or who's going to get the choice of serving and receiving, etc. So, so what happens is one player will put um, the ball in one of their hands, their left or their right hand, and put the, their two hands down below the table so that uh, their opponent can't see. And then uh, their opponent just chooses which hand. And if they uh, choose correctly, they get the choice of whether they're going to serve or receive um, or they can choose which end they're going to start from. So that's their choices. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess it's pretty good if you don't have a coin handy, and I guess in a, official matches there'll be an umpire and they'll usually toss a coin. Yeah, that's right. But even I find even at state-level tournaments and things, people don't tend to carry um, carry coins around, and so um, often, often matches are umpired by um, fellow players. So that's just a really easy way, and definitely, you know, it, Places like um, your fixtures or pennant um, or league matches, um, that's just an easy way to do it. And it's, it's a bit of a convention um, in table tennis, I suppose. Yeah, certainly. Um, I guess like uh, for those that are from the Commonwealth, like in cricket, when you spin the bat to choose uh, hills or flats to see who does it, it's just a convention <laughs> like that. That's right. Exactly. And if you don't know cricket, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, thanks for the question, Amar. Next up is one from Martin, and he says, I'm right-handed, and my forehand tossing works kind of okay, but I feel that I have this issue of dropping my left shoulder when playing the stroke instead of rotating more horizontally. Because this happens especially when lifting backspin, and to, to some extent getting the footwork right and being in position helps, but it still happens, and I sometimes move sideways, and then I get a weak shot without proper acceleration, and, yeah, the stroke can become more muscled through. So with more backspin, the ball ends up into the net. So he doesn't know how to break this habit, Alois, and he wants to know what to focus on to get the stroke moving forward uh, with better and effortless acceleration. Yeah, so um, basically what, what Martin's talking about here is it either tilting or rotating. So what he's doing at the moment is he's tilting sideways rather than rotating his waist. Um, so to be more efficient, um, the rotation of the waist will get you um, better speed and better um, better power through your stroke. Um, I, I find that often when players tilt, it's due to their um, shoulder being a little bit tight. So if your shoulder's tight, what tends to happen is you tend to um, tilt sideways and, and then your whole body tilts sideways and your head moves across. So so rather than the shoulder joint um, moving fluently, 
the um, the body tends to get dragged sideways or tilted sideways. So a couple of things to think about. So one is that one is to think about that shoulder being nice and relaxed and that ball and socket joint uh, working fluid fluidly. Um, the other thing is to just focus on that rotation of the waist, and probably to start off with, do this without um, without the ball. So just stand um, and play your play your stroke, and just try to swing your arm through, but rotate rather than tilt. Um, so if you can start to do that um, well. Uh, without the ball then get someone to feed the ball to you slowly see if you can just keep that rotation of the waist happening and your shoulder nice and relaxed Um, so if you can do those two things you'll start to find that uh, your stroke will be a little bit more efficient and eventually you'll be able to also generate much better power martin yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and the shadow play can be really effective, like you said, Alois, just to make sure you're getting the stroke right. Um, but then it can be difficult when you come to the table. And I think uh, multi-ball for backspin is a really good way way to practice this because often in a rally you only get sort of one backspin because once you top spin, the next one comes through. But if you've got someone just feeding you multi-ball, they can just put out a backspin ball, you can practice your stroke, another backspin ball, practice it again, and you can get a lot of practice against that ball very in a very short period of time yeah that's right and then you know then your next step is to then get someone to feed the ball to you um you know in a continuous rally so yeah so it's just it's just those progressions of what you what you're doing with that and um and for this rotation um you know certainly starting with the um shadow play or or um not using a ball, then moving on to a multi-ball, and then moving on to uh, someone feeding the ball to you works really well. Excellent. All right. Well, thanks for the question, Martin, and, and keep working on it. Definitely uh, learning to play a topspin against that backspin ball is is a hard step, but it's a really important progression. Um, so once you can do that consistently, um, you, you'll be a much improved player because you'll be able to attack when someone's trying to uh, stop you with that backspin ball. So, yeah, keep going, Martin. All right, next question is from Rufus, who um, says, during a game and also during practice, should I be trying to return to the ready position after one stroke to prepare for the next, kind of like a halfway station? And he wants to know, do you really have that uh, time for that in a game or do you simply move from one stroke to the next uh, stroke. It would seem sensible to move to the ready position as you have less distance to cover to the next position, but is that really possible at game speed, even for the top-level player? Yeah, so Rufus or Rowan, um, the, 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 the key is that you don't have enough time to come back to a central position all the time. And it becomes inefficient. So instead of a straight line between your previous stroke and the next stroke, you're going uh, to one point and then changing direction and going to a different point uh, to the start of your next stroke. So how do we do this more efficiently? Well, the key again is to to be able to watch the ball carefully. If you're watching the ball carefully, then you'll start to feel that smooth transition from one stroke to the next. If you're um, not watching the ball, you'll find that you'll be playing a shot hesitating, moving to that central position and then moving back again to to the next position. Um, and that becomes really efficient. Um, it, sorry, really inefficient. We talk, we talk about um, 
you know, just that smoothness in one of our videos as well. And I'll put a, I'll put a, um, a link up uh, to the, the video on anticipation um, because as you as you start to uh, watch the ball rather than starting to anticipate, then you get that nice smooth transition from the one stroke to the next stroke. Yeah, certainly. Um, yeah, it, it's um, it's interesting that a lot of these uh, questions you often answer, Alice, with you've got to watch the ball. And I guess some people don't really let that sink in because they're like, oh, of course I'm watching the ball. If I'm not watching the ball, I wouldn't know where it's going. But um, but you do really you really do need to put a lot of focus on watching the ball closely, don't you? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And um, it was had an interesting uh, uh, session not long ago with a with a ping skiller, um, Chris Rowan. I'm sure he won't mind me uh, mentioning this, but he's uh, he sent me an email this morning just saying um, how much that's just helped him in the last uh, few weeks. Um, so he said that, um, uh, let me just grab it up. So he said he's, he's had really good success in in co- incorporating both tracking and, and uh, tracking the ball and waiting. Uh, he's noticed he's a lot calmer uh, when playing the games and can return any ball because he's tracking and waiting. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it, it, it's interesting. It's, it's, a, it's about not just looking at the ball it's tracking the ball it's it's really deeply and intensely watching that ball uh and the better you watch that ball um the the easier it is as we, as we said to just get that transition happening yeah absolutely all right great question rowan and hopefully that helps you and uh, all of our listeners so yeah this just when next time you're out on the table yeah try and you know in really Focus on that ball, track it like Alloy said, and um, you'll you'll find it makes a big difference to your game. All right, next up is a question from Ravi, who says, um, "I have a nagging doubt in my head to sign up for the premium membership." He says, "Does online coaching really help for table tennis? If so, how do I make the most of your premium membership?" And is it possible to learn playing table tennis without having a physical coach and just following your 52-week plan? Yeah, good question, Ravi. So I think, the, well, the, the main thing that we want to try to get across with um, our website in general, but then the 52-week plan and, the, and our premium membership, is firstly to be able to show you the correct techniques. So... By by having the videos there, you're able to watch and see what correct technique looks like. So that gives you a good clear image in your head of what you're what you're aiming for. The next thing I think is to then, and this is important, is to then practice that. So if you're able to practice that, then you can also watch your own technique back just by taking a simple video of what you're doing. Um, and then you've got a bit of a comparison of what your technique looks like compared to uh, the technique that we're showing. And then you can start to make some some really nice changes uh, to be able to, to get uh, improved technique. Um, I suppose some other things that uh, we think are really useful for the uh, for the premium membership is just then you can also take a video of yourself and send that on to us and we will 
uh, do a an analysis for you of your technique. Now, you can do an analysis of just simple drills and technique, or you can get an analysis of, of a match um, from us as well. So, so just by um, having that feedback, we find that uh, players then um, have or, or get um, really good improvement happening with uh, with their game. Yeah, it's been really pleasing to see, Alois, um, uh, how much that, that feedback can help people uh, improve their technique. Uh, sometimes just a player won't really notice it themselves, um, so, so having you point, point out something to them makes them sit back and go, oh, yeah, I kind of hadn't really looked at it that way. So I think just having that extra advice really helps um, people develop the correct technique. Yeah, it's it's um, it's funny. I, and I suppose it, this is like this is like with everything. Um, just the fact that we've seen table tennis a lot, it makes it easier for us to to just pick up things pretty easily and naturally. Uh, whereas if you haven't had a lot of experience um, in seeing technique, then it's a little bit harder for you to to pick up. So so often often I'd say to to uh, to players, I only need you know thirty seconds to a minute of your technique at the most uh, to just be able to see what what you're doing. Uh, but then also uh, to be able to see it in a match situation really helps me uh, to be able to help you. So that's one of one of the real um, I think uh, bonuses of the of the premium membership. Yeah, in, indeed, and and of course we've got lots of um, lots of areas on the service and the return that have videos for premium members, and they're really important parts of the game as well. So you know, I think some of the exercises we show in some of the serving videos uh, really help you to develop your spin and your your placement of your serve. So there's yeah, there's a lot of good stuff. Um, we've got we've got hundreds of videos there um, to really help you. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Thanks for the question, Ravi. Yeah, it gave us a, gave us a chance to um, to advertise the site, Jeff. Absolutely. Go <laughs> Ping Skills. <laughs> Head over there now. www.pingskills.com. <laughs> good, good ad, Jeff. Oh, thank you. Well, Alois, on that note, I think we should wrap up episode two hundred and ninety-three. Um, thanks everyone for listening. Make sure you spread the word. Um, if you've got friends that like table tennis, tell them about Ping Skills. And um, yeah, thank you, Alloys. Thank you, Jeffrey, and we shall see you again shortly. Indeed. Bye, everyone. <laughs>